TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated in helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and as always, by my side, Champion Mindset, co-host, Marcus Pierce. We're here for round two. LT, someone's walked in the door. Just amazing. This beautiful woman just struck a pose. She was pretty hot. She was amazing. I said, where? (laughs) (laughs) It's a very warm welcome to the absolutely beautiful Kim Morrison. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, beautiful. Thank you, sweetheart. And who's next to you, Kimmy? My hunk. Hey. Oh. <laughs> Don't get them started because they might just yeah. stop this party. Yeah. <laughs> it's, late at it's getting close to bedtime here at the Wellness Breakthrough. Kim and Danny don't get to spend that much time together, so we thought, let's just bring them in. Yeah, let's more attention for half an hour. When Danny, we took so long to get Danny on this podcast, we thought, you know what, he's in the room, we're not letting him go, right? Well, you know, it's three years on the Wellness Couch, and there's been no official sighting of Danny Morrison until this weekend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Been the first you guys haven't met him until now. No, no, yeah. How rude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we're here at the Wellness Breakthrough. Um, obviously, there's part two of uh, Danny Morrison, but now we have the special guest of Kim Morrison. Uh, because I thought the last question you asked, Marcus, in the last podcast was that, you know, you mentioned about family and the dynamics. And I thought really, I just thought, you know what, I think that's really important because a lot of our listeners are parents. You know, they have kids and they have, you know, the stress of work-life balance. I mean, but you don't want to talk about work-life balance. And you guys, I mean, you travel, you know, I don't know how many times a year. And, uh, you know, you have a running a very, very successful business. But you also have two kids you know in the teenage years um we'll love to just discuss that family dynamics and and, and the stuff that you know you're going through uh, but also too your daughter is an amazing dancer um getting to her lead level how old is she now she's it's nearly 17 yeah, no, 17 so she's getting to that stage where she's got to make that decision what you mentioned mm-hmm. in the last podcast about you know is this her for education and yeah. all those choices so we'll love to dive deep into that so um let's ask the first question well what i'd love to know is first of all and it, it seems a little bit of an open-ended question but how do you make it work? Here's Kim that talks about rituals. There's got to be some rituals from a relationship perspective that you make work because even though you guys spend a lot of time apart from a proximal perspective, I'm sure there's people that live in the same house that still struggle to actually spend quality time with each other each day and they live in the same house. So how do you guys make it work? You've got such a strong relationship when you live on the essentially the other side of the world from each other. Mm. Um, you know, to kick it off, uh, words, I think, are very important, and, and Kim will probably elaborate on this substantially, um, is that in terms of text messaging, or even just phone calls, but text or... Because um, we don't do a lot of Skype, do we? It's, it's funny, the, the time thing of Skype, whereas Kim would likely to do Instagram and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Too much time. I thought you were going to say Snapchat. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 but Instagram is actually public, so yeah. it might be not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say, I did do a photo once. I was just... Oh, no, come on, tell the story. (laughs) I was in bed and I thought, oh, I'll send Danny a photo thinking, what's the Snapchat thing? And I sent the text to my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) And she comes back back going, Mum, really? (laughs) (laughs) And so I thought, yeah, we better stay away from that. (laughs) 
So we're just back to the boring old generic text. <laughs> so no, so just texting now. <laughs> Which is great, I think, for me. And look, it's just lovely, texting, and, and it's short. And, it, and the great thing about whether it's WhatsApp and Viber now, the social texting so you can see someone typing that's lovely because it's yeah or you like hold that, down and do so the cool actually, voice record and then yeah. send it it's quite immediate without even having to pick up the phone either talk I mean that's easy sure of course you do you pick up the phone you chat and you talk but it's, I think this technological aid is quite cute you're either texting and watching each other sending a message and Kim is typing coming yeah, through yeah, or yeah. you've done the voice message and then another one being recorded and it's coming through so that's quite cool and that's how LT runs his business he runs his <laughs> business through Voxer he just records yeah, his audio Voxer. and then just goes over to the other side of the world and bang so yeah, that's that you're saying that's a key fundamental mm-hmm. to it, and that's and even though it's it's, it's technology and it's not you know uh, words to each other, it is in a way obviously very much so, and that's part of like anyone says, you know, uh, no community, no bro- no relationship is broken down through a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. Obviously, make that a really big. Well, part and Dan of, yeah. is very wordy, yeah. so which he, ladies love. Oh, it's just beautiful. I mean, he doesn't write long things, but he's always thoughtful about what he says or. You know, he, he knows how busy I am, so I'll get a text saying, instead of demanding attention or time, he'll say, hey, Baba, how are you? Just thinking of you, where are you at? And we just have this constant, we probably text and message each other mm-hmm. between 10 and 20 times a day. Wow. Or Danny will take a bath and say how much he's using the oils, and, and then I'll smile and so, you know, send him a photo of me making lamb shanks, which is so not oh. my cup of tea, but I make them for our son. Yeah, um, you know, it's just, it's that, I think it's constant contact. Yeah. You know? We just, I, I watched that movie, um, Shall We Dance? Mm. And um, Richard Gere thinks his wife, Susan Sarandon's having an affair, but she's actually learning to, oh no, not Susan Sarandon, she's a teacher. Um, you yeah, know, it is Susan. And Susan thinks he's having an affair, so she gets the detective on, and the detective ends up sitting there with her at a bar going, what is it about marriage? Why do people get married? What's the whole thing, and why are you so worried? And she says these beautiful words, but she sort of goes, she goes, you know, marriage is, is being with someone, whether you're together or apart, knowing that you're their absolute world and knowing that someone out there is constantly thinking of you. Yeah. And just to know that someone's out there thinking of you, no matter where you are, is such a, I don't know, it makes you feel really connected. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's so important, you know, and that's, that's the power of the relationship is not necessarily always, you know, just physically being there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all travel, like all, all four of us really have, we're here now. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys happen to be lucky that you guys are actually finally together. And we're, we're away from the kids. So <laughs> yeah, still kids. Yeah. And, but, you know, for us, it's like, you know, we travel for, uh, I guess, for a living in a sense, because we travel speaking and, and doing things. And, you know, we have to be away from the family and from the kids. And, and so it's about, but just knowing that someone's there waiting for us on the other side. And so I need to step up and text things. So, but that's, uh, that's all right. <laughs> that's good. Can I just ask a follow up question? Yeah, yeah. How do you guys then, and I don't mean to go into the other side, but if you, you've openly publicly said that you've had your challenges in the past. So do you feel like you've both had to grow and change to, um, ride through the challenges? Or when you say that Danny's a great communicator, is that something that you personally recognize that if you're going to make a great marriage, that that's something that you had to change? Or have you really found that through your challenges, you've both had to lift your game? Because I think through the challenges of life and through the challenges of our marriage, mm-hmm. you, you, you weave your way through. And if two aren't growing together, 
and we talk about this in wellness all the time, if, if two aren't growing together, it can make it really tricky. So how have you guys had to weave your way through to get out of the challenges and get into the good times and then hit a challenge and into the good times? How do you find you, you rock and roll there? Honestly, I touched on it before in terms of bits and pieces of having blame and making excuses in my life. Uh, oh, look, I think as we discussed, Kim and I, and then in counselling, at the end of the day, I just had to man up a little bit, really, if I'm honest about it. Um, stop drinking spirits, uh, stop abusing alcohol in the first place. Uh, and so um, I made a really conscious effort to do that. We wrote in a journal. I wrote in a journal for a few years regularly. Um, should go back to that too. It's, it's just nice to be able to do really, and see what you've yeah. been doing yeah. um, from a day-to-day basis. Um, but, yeah, I, I think for me that was a big issue, um, you know, to survive the challenge or challenges um, of those times and uh, to come through that I think you, you do, you grow as a human, you have to mature differently um, as a male and yeah, and I think without blowing too much smoke up your backsides, all three of you, I think for me coming here um, was actually a necessity um, and the universe presented at this time because I do believe in that, that suddenly there's no mistake about this timing because I've missed a lot of them or where mm. Kim's been away doing this with just say the girls yeah. uh, but the timing this has been fantastic um, for me to be around and it fits in this weekend window because I mean I'm flying out a couple of days yeah, no. to be away for a while again now I'll be on the road for four months um, in and out with seeing the family but um, for me yeah, I'd simply and I'll be real honest I had to man up um, I had to really face and take on head on where I was wanting to go and if I'm also brutal, I, I think that's for me still an ongoing thing. Um, and Kim asked that constantly of where I'm, we're heading a little bit, and, and you guys have asked that too in this, this wellness workshop. Where are you going? What do you want to get out of yourself, the most out of yourself? Um, and, and how do you see this transformation happening and having a breakthrough? Well, certainly having a breakthrough for me was this morning helping out when we did get lost with some of the other yeah. you know, mm-hmm. people that aren't runners and aren't athletes. So that felt good to do that and be alongside that. And to me, that was very earthing, if you like, yeah. again, for me to be around a group of people doing that. Um, it took me back to playing days when you did workshops like this and team building workshops with the team of Cricket Squad. Yeah. So it was quite neat having that connection. So that was, for me, a bit of a breakthrough. Um, but look, you know, I, I think for me, um, I'm excited about what's happening um, and I needed to be here this weekend big time. I think it's amazing to, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that you're actually here um, as a participant. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing everything and you're sitting there absorbing this stuff. And, and I'd love to know, like, I mean, obviously, you know, people are here to kind of learn all the, the you know, the stuff and applying back to your life. And you guys, I look at you guys, you guys are, are two sensational athletes. And then those people don't know, Kim Morrison, you're a world record holder. You guys met when you were 19 and 21, um, you know, and so you've you grown up in the athletic realm. You know, both were driven, determined, you know, and all that stuff. So now you have two kids, right? And, and how, do you, how do you instill that discipline and determination to your kids? Like right from the beginning, did you, did you start young or did you, you know, take some of those lessons and apply those? You know, how did that, because I mean, your daughter now is, you know, 17 years old. She's sensational. She's heading to that, you know, almost professional um, dancer life. And Jacob's going to play for the All Blacks. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So, how did that come about? I think Danny's always been really big on 
never forcing anything on the children. He's right, just okay. wanted them to be healthy. So we've yep. never forced any sport on either of them. I was told when Taylor was five that she was an amazing dancer. I took her to ballet because all little girls want to do ballet. Yeah. And the teacher pulled me aside and said, oh, my gosh, she's got what it takes. She could go all the way. And I just thought she was being a really nice teacher and probably, you know, pumping me up as a mum. And, yeah. and it wasn't until the end of year concert when I saw Taylor walk on stage like a professional little dancer right. that I actually saw her and thought, oh, my gosh, she's actually heads and shoulders above these other little girls. She was really... You know, she could. She just looked like a dancer, yeah. and as a consequence, she grew into that. But then she got bored with ballet at about seven, even though she had everything going. She got bored, and she wanted to do gymnastics. So then I took her to gymnastics, and straight away she was snapped up by the Russian coach, who wanted to get her into a squad to train for the Olympics and Commonwealth Games. And he pulled me aside and, in his Russian way, said she's good, and then he hurt her. <laughs> Um, he hyperextended her, even though she was incredibly flexible. Oh my God. And I actually was videoing it, and Taylor like looked up at me up on the stand, and I just dropped the camera and went down and grabbed her. And I said, Are you all right? And she said, Mommy, I don't like this. And I went, Do you want to do gymnastics again? And she said, No. And I looked at the coach and went, Big mistake. Um, don't hurt these kids, you know. And he told me, Well, she can't hack it. She can go. Wow. So I kind of went, Well, you know what? That's not the sort of sport I want my kids in Absolutely. for me. And I certainly could see Taylor wasn't happy. So she had a break. Then we moved over here. And meanwhile, Jacob was growing and he was into everything. Anything with a ball, he just loved. Yeah. And, you know, to have Dad around and throwing a cricket ball or a tennis ball or anything, any ball he was into. Um, but then Taylor, when we moved to Australia, she got right back into the dancing and then again was picked up and noticed. And that's when she started seeing her own potential around the age of 11. And I could see it in her. And she just, her personality too is quite driven and very self-assured. And so we really embraced that. And then... Jacob, it's been a little bit funny actually because Jacob's sort of two years younger, or nearly two years, and he's watched her driven, successful, gets up, motivated. She's just, she sets her clocks. As a dance mum, I'm not a very good dance mum. I don't know how to sew and I don't do all those things. <laughs> I think but that's a good thing. <laughs> but nutritionally, I'm really passionate about what she does and looking after her body. So we've really gone down that path. But unbeknown to me, watching Jacob in the background, it was only about a year and a half ago, we were sitting around the dinner table, do you remember? And the four of us sat down and Jacob had tears rolling down his face. Mm -hmm. And I looked at Danny and looked at everyone, and we were all sitting there and I've gone, Jacob, what's wrong? He goes, doesn't matter. And we've gone, what's up? And, and then anyway, we just gave him the space that we all just were there. And he just opened up and said, well, you ran for Australia, Mum, and, mm. and Dad played cricket for New Zealand, and, and Taylor's going all the way to the Australian ballet, and and I'm scared I'll never live up to that. Wow. And that hit up. Mm. Danny and I just sat there and went, because we've never had that expectation, so he's yeah. put that expectation on himself. Yeah. And I have heard that with a lot of kids that have athletic parents or successful parents that they have the sense that they've got to be as good as or better. Even though you didn't put the pressure on them. Never. Yeah. This well, it's in their environment. They see pictures of mum and dad up on the walls doing this and that, and their mum and their friends come over and go, your dad was a great cricketer. Oh, I could tell you some stories about your dad, and your mum was an amazing runner. And they're like, okay, right, you know, and it's all just sinking in. And, and I think he lost his confidence a little bit and mm. loves his rugby. But this year he chose not to play cricket. Yes. And I kept going, are you sure you don't want to play cricket? You know, like... 
you've got a good coach, you've got your dad, you know, the whole yeah. thing. And wasn't he? He was like, nah. But then I've just noticed he's missed the season and now he's going, he's 15 and he goes, no, I might play cricket again next yeah. season. So I think Danny's always been really big on do what floats your boat. Yeah. Do what but sometimes having a break makes you realise if you miss something or not. You know? yeah. so. so I think Danny's been great like that because he's never, ever said yeah. to Jacob, you need to be this or you need to do that. And he's probably you've probably also seen what father-son relationships are like mm. in the sport oh, sure. and how hard that is to live up to that. So our philosophy is... If they're happy and healthy, doesn't matter. And from Taylor's perspective, so from an academic point of view, everyone's in my ear saying, oh, I hope she does school, I hope she goes to university, I hope she does this. So Danny did his whole career without a, a career, another career. So the minute cricket finished for Danny, it, I think, and even he will admit that it was kind of like, who am I? Yeah. What am I? Yeah. Um, and that's where I love with sport, professional sport nowadays, there's a real focus on who they are when the game's over or yeah. what they're about or other studies that they can do. So I've had big meetings with Taylor's teachers who see potential in her. And I was of the of the out that she should be studying maybe and doing all this. But last year we made a family decision that she cannot fit in studying and doing going for an OP and she's so highly um, she's got very high expectations of herself that she was starting to crumble because she felt like she wasn't achieving in her academics as much as she was in dance and then if she went for academics she wouldn't be doing as much in yeah. dance so I took the pressure off her and I said let's go and meet with the school dean Danny was away and so we went and we sat there and he thought we were saying we we're going to leave school but I said, what's our options? And my attitude, and I rang Danny and he felt the same, was she's only young once. She's got this young body once. She can always study. Yeah. So we both went, do you love it? And she went, absolutely. And I said, what do you want to do? You know, let's be honest here. What if you break your ankle? What if something happened and you broke? What happened? She goes, well, that's easy. I want to be a midwife. And if I don't do a midwife, I want to be a pediatrician. Wow. And I went, oh, okay. Well, okay. She started the sort of yeah. um, Oldest child. She's got this cool. Yeah. She has, yeah. and she's got it all sorted. And then I went, you know, I don't even have to worry. And I said to her, I don't have to worry about you. All I want, all my concern for you is that we look after you and you give it 100% whatever you're doing. So if dance is your focus, go for it. Because this is a dream you have with a young body once. And revel in it and follow what your dad did. He put all his eggs into one basket. Because she also said, Mum, I'd also love to teach dance. So either way, so, you know, either way, she is creating a career as well as growing into a remarkable young woman who knows what she wants and is aware that there's there's pitfalls and there could be trials and tribulations and but she faces everything head on she's very strong so just to finish off what did you do so does that mean this year she's going full-time into dance so we decided in her year 12 year that she would drop doing an op which for those people that don't know what that means that's like going for your big highest academic records instead she's going to get what's called a qce which is getting through with her basics um, enough and enough points so that she could go on to university. And what I've worked out here is that you can go anywhere as an adult student. So yeah. within a year, she could get into uni anyway yeah. with bridging courses and all sorts of yeah. things. The options are huge. Yeah. So to me, it was like, what's your passion? What's your number one passion? Yeah. And she went, dance. I went, you've got us. We're all on board. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, we're hearing a lot of laughter. I know. I'm thinking, what is going, what is going on back there? there? It's 10.30 well, at night. There's all this. Uh... It's so much fun over here. Yeah, yeah. Miss it out. Um, listen, I, 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 you know, a lot of parents would be listening to this and they go, you know, that's just... You know, it's amazing. They usually have the opposite effect on their kids. Like you have, you know, you know, two kids that are driven and stuff. But most kids are, most parents, but teenagers, they're thinking like, my kids, 
don't want to do anything. <laughs> They're just not driven. So what are some of the things that, you know, for, you know, even parents that are in that situation, or maybe like parents like me, I'd love to know, because I got young kids, I got six and a, an almost four-year-old, you know, how do you set up the environment in a way that allows them to kind of have that passion and drive and to allow them to want to achieve things rather than and th- rather than being a situation where they just kind of back off. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but you know, what, if you had to know the answer, what would it be? What do you think? How do you set up the environment? Well, I, I think you, you've got to support what they're doing. And then if, if, let's say, look, they're, they're six, they're seven, um, because I've seen Damo out there and his son's 14 and he said his son lived with him for his first three years, but then went away from him. And he's only just starting to get into hand-eye coordination with cricket and stuff. So I think it's important, as Kim said before, that Jake was into anything with the ball and the hand-eye thing to do that. And so that's just playing in the backyard. I think it's important, particularly in this day and age, it's even more different than our two, is the computer age, the toys, the, the phones, yeah. the, the games are on, and your little gadget where you're hearing all the time. The youth of today are great with their thumbs yeah. and the gadgets, and they're very tech-savvy, but at the end of the day, as we've all kept saying in this wellness workshop, we've got two legs, two arms. Human beings, we're built to move. We have to exercise. We have to move in order to function properly. So I think in order, again, having balance and function as a young child, six, seven, eight, I'm talking about really, is that you need to encourage them in a good way, that they want to get out and do something like that. And I've always said, it's really, as long as it's basic and they want to do it, whether it's shooting little netballs or little basketball things and the little mini ones that you can stick on a door and they're yeah. young and have fun uh, and get up and do it. Um, we've done that too, where we've put one of those door basketball hoops yeah. and we've all laid on the bed taking shots yeah. and, and who's got the most shots and turning it into a game. Yeah. I mean, life is yeah, a game. game. And you don't have to make those big decisions until you know when the time comes when you've got to make the decision. For gymnasts, it's quite young. Yeah, for, for you guys, it seems like you go, you know, from the way you chatted, and we, we, you know, we had a lot of different conversations because of the weekends we spent together, and you guys seem to be very close family. Like, when you guys mm-hmm. are together, you guys spend a lot of time together and playing, like, you know what I mean? It's just having fun. And and, and, and is that true? Like, you know, do you guys make, obviously, because you're away so much, but you, know, you make the most of it when totally. you come, come yeah. home. All the time, as you're saying before. Yeah. Not so much quantity? Of course not. So, yeah. you yeah. make quality. But therein lies the challenge now. I think other parents are listening now and we joke about it, but um, I think with my son, you know, he's 15, and uh, He's starting to want to go out and be with his mates yeah. rather than be with yeah. around mum and dad. Even when you are back. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like yeah. He's only had mates over there a couple of times in the holidays, isn't he? He said, we just got back from San so we've been in Dubai, we've been in Sydney with your uncle, um, now we're back here. Can't we just have us? Can't we just chill and just have us around and go to the beach or yeah. you know, get some take, you know, go and have some fish and chips and have a giggle on the beach or something? Just relax. And just keep it simple. But then we don't do fish and chips. <laughs> we all know what he means. Nothing wrong with a bit of fish and chips around here. Oh, a salad. Fish and salad. Grilled fish and salad. No banter for me. That's the baseball banter. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you do. I, I just think you know, and that's another challenge for us at the moment. I mean, but we also know that they need that time. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. finding out who they are. So they're, yeah. you know, Jacobs in particular is pushing us at the moment and challenging everything. He thinks we're stupid. He thinks that we don't know anything. Or yeah. and then the I next breath, <laughs> yeah. when I was a teenager, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the next breath, you can hear him in the bedroom with his mates saying, "Oh, you know that? Yeah, no, Dad took a hat trick for New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, you know." And they're all like, "Yeah, we know." Um, and I think he's quite very proud of that. Yeah. And but very, he would never publicly acknowledge in front of you. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's very. 
they're very open. They're very articulate. They're incredibly, you know, we just accept and embrace them for what they are. And, and they do the same for us. There's moments where we have to be the hard-hitting parents. But I've learned as much as I want to control what they do, and I don't mean that awfully. I just don't want them to get hurt like yeah. any parent. But I'm also learning that part of growth for me personally is being hurt or allowing myself the opportunity to grow, which could mean I might get hurt. So they've had rejections, they've had fallbacks, they've had injuries. They, they're incredible, really. But kids are also resilient, and they pick themselves up again, and we've got to role model that. Yeah, so okay then. So so this is good particularly for parents but also just for our own selves as well. Do you find that you do see, uh, for want of a better term, accidents happening, blessings in disguise, that you can't or you choose not to actually let your kids from not experiencing because you know that they need to experience that challenge that they're about to embrace? So do you know what I mean? Mm. You, you want to protect your child but you also know that in order for them to grow, they need to go through Oh, it's that, be- it's that, that beautiful challenge. metaphor yeah, of the, the, the story of that guy with the butterfly and he sees the butterfly struggling so he gets those little scissors and he gently cuts the chrysalis to help the butterfly out oh. and then the butterfly falls out of the chrysalis and his r- wings are all crippled and he ends up withering and dying because they don't realise that the huge tr- pressure for that butterfly to emerge from the chrysalis takes a heck of a lot of work and effort and it needs that huge amount of pressure to get the blood into the wings so that then it can fly. Well, I also realise part of the perturbation of being a teenager is kind of allowing the wings to get the blood into them so that they can fly. And every time they think we're silly, I always say, oh, we're doing our job then because we've got to make you better than us. So if you think we're silly, we're doing our job. Um, And embracing that, loving the moments when they're gentle and beautiful, but also trying to ignore and not not take personally (laughs) when they don't think we're so cool or so nice. So... But also, I see through that too. You know, we, mm. we constantly text each other about how much we're in awe of them. They, they're phenomenal. To think you've given birth and created these beings who are their own little people who sometimes reflect back who you are and also reflect back maybe the not-so-good parts of you. So how do we nurture them to be a great individual and not a replica of us is also a challenge. Yeah, nice. I know it's like, you know, when you start raising kids, you start to see, they say certain things or they behave a certain way, you're going, oh my God, that's me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you know I, mean? like, I say, I go, where did she learn? I'm like, oh, that's right, that's me. That's, yeah. that's my voice or that's what I say. I'm like, oh my God. So the way they talk or the words they use. Oh. And you know, one of the other things that I've really learned is one of the greatest gifts a father can give his children is the love of their mother. Yeah. And one of the greatest gifts a mother can give her children is the love of their father. Absolutely. And so if we can be this, because we know that even though they took up all our time when they were born and maybe we separated a little bit in that, even though they were our baby, it was just like a doing, a have to. Yeah. You realize you kind of maybe grow apart in that time, but hang in there. Because when you come out the other side and then you get into their teenage years and realize that they're going to leave soon, mm. it's back to you two again. So yeah. if you lose the foundation, who are you when they've gone? Yeah. So we have really maintained and probably how we've got through the trials and the triumphs is, first of all, there is a, a beautiful love and, and respect for each other. But there's also a knowing that if we can show our kids, even through our struggles, may not be perfect but we're showing them how to get through tough times. And that's what our therapist said. She said, you might not have the perfect marriage. I question who does. She said, but... Is there such a thing? And in these times of struggle, my darling, she's 90 in French. Hmm. She said, 
don't show them anything other than how, you know don't hide your feelings but yeah. don't show them anything other than how to, how do you get through a tough time yeah. yeah and that changed both our perspective really and and made us step up again as parents and yeah. and really step up in relationship to one another well I even think of things like crime I think for kids I mean my wife Sarah can cry like that and I always honor it you know I'll always say to her my line is yeah. <laughs> I had a little choke up today up on the stage but um but Sarah will cry, and I just say, babe, get it all out, get it all out, come in, give me a hug, get it all out. And um, to the point that we're now, like, talking about how your kids kind of take on what you, um, what they see is that when uh, the children see Sarah upset because, again, in our family, we just openly express how we feel, they become more empathetic. And then I often think, I look back to my own upbringing, when I didn't see my parents so, uh, I didn't see my parents fight, but then my parents somewhat suddenly separated at mm. the age of 10. And I'm like, but I'd never really seen mum and dad fight. Mm. And then I thought as I was growing up, particularly in my teens, I was quite uncompassionate, whatever, you know, like I was the opposite of sympathetic. You know, mm. if someone had something going on, I'd be like, well, you know, get over it or whatever. But I think because that's what I almost like what I'd been, I'm having this aha as I say it, that's what I'd been exposed to as a yeah. child growing up. So yeah. I remember one time going to Tony Robinson, one of the key line what was he said to me, and I just so I, not asked it to me, but just to the group, he says, you know, you are a husband or wife first yeah. before you're a parent. Yeah. And that alone was just like that. You know, and you, we forget about that because, you know, I'm, I, I'm going through it. We all got through it. When yeah. they have kids, it's like, Kid focus. That's it. Like that's that's like keeping this kid alive, right? And uh, you forget about that relationship for like almost you know a good two to three, four, five years. You know, and, and yeah, and then all of a sudden they just grow up and they just end. And if you don't, the parents itself, they forget about you know each other. It just really grows apart. And then all of a sudden when the kids leave, it's like we have nothing in common anymore because you never you know, spent that time with dedicated with parents. But I think it's important to to kind of always. It's about the quality. It's not the quantity of time. It's the quality of time that actually can establish between the, uh, the husband and wife to be able to say, hey, you know, we were together first before we created this bill for children and to continue that relationship. Uh, to the capital B. Balance. Balance. But I think also if you understand there's a, a, a spiritual connection or a soul connection that's beyond the physical connection, wouldn't matter where in the world we were. Yeah, there's a connection. You so feel strong. each other's love. Totally. Yeah. I don't think it ever matters how how far apart we are. It's there's always that connection and conversation. Danny's starting to play with Kim's ears. So yeah, I think yeah, we're getting ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, guys, um, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. I think Marcus, we might actually start maybe another third podcast. We should do a relationship. I'm telling you, this oh, is like the dawn. Well, guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Sex one, did you hear that? Oh, sex one, sex one. Sex one. Sex one. I'm actually talking nice. about not this another podcast. I'm actually another podcast show. Sex rated. Yeah, maybe Kim Morrison can start that one. You could host that one by yourself. Yeah, definitely. Guys, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Go to facebook.com slash inside the champions mind. Go to wellnesscouch.com and you know check us out on inside champions mind, obviously, but also the other podcasts, including Kim Morrison's podcast, Up for a Chat. It's a fantastic podcast. It's long and a little bit longer than ours. You know, just an hour. Three girls guests. Talking about other stuff, but uh, guys, make sure also lastly go subscribe to us on iTunes. Make sure you comment and give us a rating there. And uh, guys, thank you so much. Uh, This is Inside the Champions Mind Show, dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world class in anything you do. This is Lawrence Tam and my partner Marcus Pierce. See you in the next episode. 
This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.